2: The One Course Stadium is our church. Nigel Clough, the God we choose to believe in. It's Sunday. I am your priest and this is the Sunday Sermon. After 540 days, we were back in the One Course Stadium for competitive Skybet League 2 action yesterday. And the Stags left it late with Brother Johnson... Firing home in the 90 plus whatever minute from the penalty spot to earn Mansfield Town their first three points of the Sky Bet League Two campaign. Happy days, we're here again. After the game, there was something missing from our lives. Nathan Edge rang me crying, saying, Craig, why aren't we doing the cooldown post match reaction show? I think we should do something on Sunday. And thus, the Sunday sermon was born. Strap yourselves in over the next maximum of one hour. We've been trying for 30 minutes to get this show live, so the fact that you're watching us right now is an absolute miracle. See, miracles do happen when you believe in a common cause. We're going to be reacting to yesterday's game. We'll hear from Nigel Clough, we'll hear from Danny Johnson, and most importantly, we will hear from you. Get involved in the comments right now. Have your say on your team. Why? Because Mansfield matters, and let's face it, what else is this to do on a Sunday? Bar for have a nap, I've done that, do the ironing, not bothered, and just get yourself ready for work the next day. Forget about that, let's enjoy an hour talking about football. I am your priest by name, my disciples are Nathan Edge and Clive Parkin. This is Mansfield Matters, the Sunday sermon, Mansfield Town 2, Bristol Rovers 1. Good early evening and welcome to the Sunday Sermon, a brand new Mansfield Matters podcast for your ears and for your eyes on a Sunday. Now I'm going to start with a message from the technological gods who have been playing absolute havoc with us on this Sunday and were on Thursday as well. For some reason, the series five does not seem to be being very kind to us i've spent a lot of money on trying to get this set up up and working i did a bit of a test on saturday and it worked perfectly and for whatever reason today things are just not going well so if we keep cutting out just refreshers um people saying poor connection you keep cutting out i can't do anything about it other than swearing in my head it's really really not really annoying me hopefully you know it'll be Be fine come the end. So stick with us. Get involved in the comments, and hopefully we'll get there. Give us a bit of refresh, and we might get there in the end. But I'm trying to record it so we can put it on, uh, put it out later on on as well in our usual podcast form. So let's dive straight into it um, and go for uh, yesterday's result. Nathan Edge, why are we here on a Sunday afternoon doing another podcast, and why am I getting so worked up because things aren't working? This (laughs) is your fault, my friend.
3: I think we've got some echo as well just to just to make it worse there we go oh for god's sake oh no has it it got on don't do this to me I can Uh, hear it as well
2: that's annoying me
3: right hopefully are we good are we good right we're good um yeah good old technical problems uh hopefully we'll get this sorted soon but um yeah where else should we be on a Sunday you know uh, obviously, we can't do the the post. What did you name it then? Post match, call down, call down, call down, post match, reaction show. The call down post match. Each week. Yeah, the call post match reaction show
2: was its actual title, but for for whatever reason, um, you know, it just uh, it was too much of a mouthful for me to say each week. So, so there you go. <laughs> so
3: obviously, uh we, we can't deliver that on a, on a Saturday now because we'll be coming back from away matches, or we'll be. Uh, celebrating in in around Mansfield you know uh, taking it in after the game so kind of on a Saturday but you know we're not doing anything on a sunday so so why not like, why not rejoice in uh, in the delights that we were served eventually yesterday
2: yeah absolutely and clive it was a delight as well wasn't it um seeing so many fans back the biggest attendance in uh, a very long time at the one call stadium and uh, fans certainly had something to to go home happy about didn't they
4: not half I mean it didn't look like we were going to get three points all the way through it looked like one of those horrible scrappy games that you get at the start of the football season when all the players were struggling to meet up match up to the occasion but in the end I think justice prevailed because we uh, um, were certainly the stronger of the two teams and certainly the stats support that we were 17 shots to three that should mean something and of their three one was that worldy where they scored so um terrifically happy given the circumstances it's, uh, it all as well as soon as our playmakers start to play with each other as we know they can we're going to be a team to beat
2: Nigel Clough said Nate, that you know he, he felt the Sags looked nervy in the first half and uh, uh, took a while for them to adapt to playing in front of a crowd I, I guess that's one thing we perhaps didn't take into consideration when we were going through the turnstiles and when we've been thinking about all the build up this week
3: no, it wasn't something that we really considered, was it? Because I think we were all just too, too sort of uh, focused on on the fans' point of view, <laughs> being back in a back in the ground and things like that. And I, and you know, I, I guess it, it, there is that other side of things. Obviously, players go out on that pitch; they're they're still humans. Um, so especially the the young players. Some of them, uh, I mean, you know, Tyrese didn't get on the on the pitch yesterday, but you know, the, he's he's not really played in front of a. Uh, well, I guess he has slightly, but you know, not really played in front of a ground a size, you know, crowd of that size uh, at home. And uh, some of those players, after having such a long time without being in front of crowds, are going to f- feel it. But that said, I still think we, um, you know, although we wasn't, you know, um, as connecting up as well as we, we we would like. it still was the first game of the season, so you take that into account. And when you take into your consideration that it was that first first time in front of a big crowd then you can sort of excuse that but even so i still don't think we were <clears throat> put to the sword too much by uh, by bristol rovers to be honest so we, we were still relatively comfortable
2: yeah it was a an, an interesting game clive in terms of the way it, it played out you were a couple of rows in front of me um but did you see things differently for me? I felt that we were good on the ball, but the one thing which was our strength, which was that midfield and that fluidity through midfield, um just wavered and, and didn't just wasn't good enough for us to uh, wasn't good enough to the standard where we want to be. We're going to have to really seriously improve if we want to play um, you know to a, a much better standard and be competitive towards the end of the season.
4: Yeah, as I said earlier, I think uh, we didn't play as well as we know they can. Um, We didn't seem to buy ourselves any time on the ball. As a consequence, there's an awful lot of niggling fouls going on from both sides. So uh, I think think once they've got that game out of the way and they get a few more uh, uh, games together, we'll see uh, this proper team uh, quality emerge again. I'm quite confident of that.
3: I mean, I mean Bristol Rovers. I think when they got relegated out League One, though, I think they thought the next step down was WWE. To be fair, so uh, you know, typical Joey Barton fa- fashion. What a yeah. have we got a beeper? No, um, no, we can't. Yeah. No, we can't. <laughs> family, family. Oh well, it's a, it's a godly show today. Um, yeah, you know, it was typical of sort of 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 their style. They. they um, you know, they they weren't shy of a challenge, but I actually think we, we also stood up to that ourselves and we didn't we didn't lie down and um and we you know, I think we played it very well in, in on our side of the court as well. So um but yeah, it was typical Joe Barton performance, I thought. Uh, Jim, in the,
2: Jim, Jim in the comments uh, says, um, a comment which isn't, you're frozen. Um, I can't do anything about it. I'm really frustrated and I will beat myself up about this for until Thursday. Um, Jim says, Lapsley has to start at the top of the diamond for me. Uh, what did you make of Reese Oates, Clive? He, of course, was uh, preferred to Lapsley yesterday. Obviously, Lapsley eventually did come on to replace him. But uh, um, not a bad... Performance from him, but doesn't quite offer for me what Lapsley can in in that diamond. It was Clough tried to go for it, but for me it didn't feel like a diamond shape. It was all over the place in in parts.
4: Uh, Yes, I think so. I mean, I thought all all the players played quite well actually. Both had a decent game, Um, and, and Clough needs to experiment. And he was trying to have this three shallow diamond strike force. I think. Um, but I agree, uh, Lapsley is our, by far our best player and, and we benefit with his inclusion so um, I'd certainly at this moment in time want to get him on the starting um, sheet again um, it's, it's nice to have him on the bench don't get me wrong but uh, I think we'd have a, had a bit more calmness on the ball had he been playing from the start
3: I wonder I wonder if that decision was partly down to obviously Lapsley did have a bit of a knock through pre-season so was it I know Clough didn't really explain it to him well didn't give any reason to it so you by that you probably conclude it was just a decision you know that he fancied over lapsed at that point but I do wonder if that fitness levels were a, a thought process in that because he took that a bit of a knock didn't he so um and he, he didn't fancy him for the obviously for the full 90 but I had in his mind that if uh, he needs to come on and change it you know you've got to want a player on the bench to come on and change it
2: yeah, I think that's the, a thing which we didn't have last season, Nathan. as well, isn't it? The fact that we've got this strength in depth. We've got the likes of, you know, Reese Oates to, uh, and Joyce Lapsley competing for one position. We've got a number of midfielders that can come on there. We've still got Harry Charlesley to, to come back, of course. We've brought Ryan Sturkin. You've got Jason Law, who wasn't involved yesterday. Um, you've, you've got Keaton Ward as well, knocking on the door. The options are much, much more vast than what it was don't last forget season and do Sinclair as well I mean, of course, a yeah.
4: useful player to have on the bench
2: mm. I think I just think Nate, that the the whole options and the the differences which Clough can can use the different things which Clough can use are absolutely you know much more wider than what they were last year so if we hit that thing of you know like we did sort of in, in January February time when you you your player gets injured, like Lapsley missed out for a long, long time. There wasn't a lot of depth there last year, whereas this time you can go, well, it's all right because we've got this player and this player. It almost feels like we've got three options for every single position.
3: Yeah, uh, going forward, I I would agree. Um, You even have players, like you say, the the, the three players, Ward, um, Law and Jimmy Knowles, who Jimmy Knowles weren't even obviously on the bench, but uh, you've, you've got players there also to come in when uh, you know, we do pick up any injuries, it's inevitable. There's still that question mark over the defence, obviously. Um, there's not, not a great deal of cover and depth there. So um, that's something that obviously we've discussed discussed last week in, in, in a bit more detail. But, uh, you know, between sort of now and the end of the uh, closure of the transfer window, I expect to see that area strengthened. But you do look at the bench... And think uh, you do have a lot more confidence in the in the bench when you look at the strength we have got on there. There's still some youth, uh, of course, which isn't, you know, in my opinion, I do think that's a bad thing, uh, not necessarily. But um, you, you you look at it and you you see a bit of a lot more quality there as well. The quality certainly is
2: there and it's certainly something which is very, very pleasing indeed. Uh, Let's head into the dressing room though and find out what the players and the management thought of yesterday's uh, 2-1 win. Let's first go to Stag's boss Nigel Clough who oversaw his first game uh, in front of a packed one call stadium in terms of fans. Let's see what his thoughts were as the Stags beat Bristol Rovers by two goals to one.
1: Incredible uh, to, to score the winner so late on. You know, we thought we were going to have to settle for a draw. Thought we did enough to win the game throughout. And um, it was only, I think, the wonder strike from their lad that got them back into the game. But um, when they went down to ten men, we put the pressure on, created a few chances, uh, and got our rewards in the end. But uh, I'm glad it's April towards the end of the season because we're, we're shattered after one game. I don't think we were brilliant in the first half. but We got the goal, got us ahead, and I thought we settled down and played in little patches, uh, but not as probably as well as we played in the last couple of weeks pre-season. Um, but when you've got 6,500 nearly here, big crowd, big expectation, everything, I think it's very understandable that the players felt a, bit, a few nerves today. And we were all frantic and, uh, you know, not taking, uh, relaxing on the ball, trying to play one touch instead of just taking an extra touch. Uh, but I'm glad we got it out of the way uh, and we'll be much better from this point forwards uh, in terms of that. So Reese Oak's got us going, uh, had a couple of shots, and they got a few great blocks in as well uh, when we had shots on target. Uh, and we could, I think if we'd have got that second goal, then we'd have really settled down. Our lads were moaning in the first half saying they were getting held a lot and I thought you saw a lot of tussles uh, and it's not in the interest of the attackers to hold anybody uh, and I think they were more intent on maybe just holding us and stopping us heading it rather than heading it themselves uh, and Ollie said he'd, he'd been held all game and that was just the sort of, he held on to him for a long time he said. And the referee was three yards away watching it and looking at it uh, so and he had a very clear view. It was great from the second we walked out, 5-3. to three. Uh, I think we said to the players, you know, we must learn to sort of thrive on this atmosphere. And don't be overawed by it, don't be nervous by it, it's in our favour. If you go somewhere else and that's against you, you really feel that you're up against it. So, sort of embrace it more than anything. Uh, and I think we did that today.
2: Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags after that 2-1 win over Bristol Rovers at the One Course Stadium yesterday. This is the Sunday sermon which is fast turning in to Craig has a meltdown and tries not to have a meltdown uh, because all well, the tech's not working. Hopefully though, uh, I've just been on the feed on my phone, you can still hear the audio version of this. Um, So that's important. You don't need to see our faces um, as much. So just stick with us. Keep your comments coming in if you can. And uh, we will fix this for our next podcast on Thursday, even if it means finally having to do something which I've not done for five series, and that's put my hand in my pocket and pay for actual paid professional software so there you go uh, Nigel Clough there Clive spoke about the uh, the fans and playing in front of them and how special um, it was uh, let's take a moment to appreciate that because we'd have it against Coventry of course where there was you know two and a bit thousand in the ground which was great but to hear it rocking <coughs> and bouncing before kickoff yesterday was something special you could hardly hear you know, Mr. Wilson on the PA and all the announcements and stuff, it was just absolutely rocketing. It just felt like everything that we expected and wanted it to be.
4: Yeah, let's be clear about this. It was a celebration of being able to go back to, to attend football in the ground as it should be. And um, um, it's, you know, I got to the ground much earlier than I would, would ordinarily do, and the place was buzzing. You know, at the time I got there yesterday, normally there's one man and a dog there. Um, and That's it was uh, me. Not your, me and Abby. Not your dog, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the, the, you know, the place was strong and people were, were really up for it. And, you know, I spent a good 40 minutes stood where I normally, in front of my seat just chatting to people in a way that we haven't done before. So I think there's, the occasion is the thing. And of course, it, it helped to have an away team that had a decent following as well. But for us to sell this season over 2,500 season tickets and to have motivated those people who can't or won't buy season tickets to come along in great numbers, I think that says a lot for the enthusiasm that's come about from uh, having a new management team and being de- deprived of football for a while has helped a little bit. But uh, I think, like me, there's a lot of people who believe we're going to go somewhere this season.
2: Yeah, certainly. So a uh, quick question, have you got the feed on by any chance of the, this video, <laughs> <laughs> of this broadcast? on like a phone or on your iPad I've got a phone yeah do you want me to turn it off you, you can leave it on but just mute the audio just turn the audio down. I, can hear, I, I can see Nathan smiling at me and I'm thinking yeah. he could hear it as well but there you go there you go um, we, that's, that's, that's better I mean that, this is why you're still on trial with, with us Clive this is why you're still on trial we'll get there but. <laughs> listen I was keeping the, the, the phone open because I'm expecting a call from Joey Barton well there you go he,
4: he was going to ring me to see if his uh, gremlin's working well there
2: you, <laughs> there you go I mean if he does call just let him know that he's still an idiot um, Nathan <laughs> well, obviously you know, you, you heard what Clive was saying there about uh, uh, talking to people inside the ground and, and having the atmosphere and things like that back I'm always interested from your perspective because obviously you're relying on that hearing sense a lot lot more did it feel that extra little bit Special, did you have your commentary there yesterday? Are we literally, you know, old school relying on the um, relying on the those around you in the atmosphere?
3: No, I still had my uh, audio descriptive, descriptive commentary. So, I mean, if anyone has if anyone does go to the match or knows my to the match with uh, you know, any site issues, uh, do go and collect that from. Kevin Bird's suite before the game uh, well the entrance to Kevin Bird's suite so uh, that's an extra, extra facility that the club have provided which is superb uh, all you need is some headphones to tell them with you but yeah um, I, I, I still have that but uh, I always do it one ear one ear listening and one ear open because obviously I want, I want both I want a bit of detail of what's going on on the pitch but I also want to take in that uh, that atmosphere as well so actually there was times I just slipped my headphones off because I just wanted to be there you know, fully in the moment because it was like like uh Clive just said, as much as uh you know, we, we, we got the win and things like that, it's for, for a lot of the game it was just a celebration of being back in the ground and not just back in the ground. You know, it's not like it it was for, you know, well, yeah, you know, Cambridge you when know, we played them way where people are scattered and things like that. It was it was proper. You know, back in um, you know, with a superb opening day uh attendance and hopefully as I sort of mentioned last week, uh part of me with all them people tickets you know being sold and people coming, just hope that the, the the game and the atmosphere and the obviously the eventual win has persuaded a few more percentage, percentage of those to come back again next week. Um I'll pick up the tickets for, for Preston, you know, just to get a few more behind, you know, in behind the gates and in the stands. Um so yeah, i I've absolutely loved it. Uh, I loved every every minute every
2: I think another thing as well, I think we might have just lost Nathan there for a second, Clive. Um I think uh, another thing as well, which we were sort of saying on Thursday yeah, is like I say, when you win it it makes it feel even better. But another aspect. There we are. I think I think he's he's caught up with himself. I blame I blame Nathan for all these tech issues. Uh, what I was saying, Clive, is as well, you know, like we were saying on Thursday, it's one of those where if you can have a good performance in front of a bumper crowd you really really do um, hopefully reap the benefits of it going forward and yes we've got a cup game on Tuesday so we're expecting a dip then against Preston but by virtue of the fact we've got um, Newport again on Saturday again at home and then the following Saturday also at home to Bradford if we can continue to you know put results together and build the performance on it as well that can only be a good thing we've got a, a really good record number of season ticket sales which is great but if we can add another one, 2,000 on top of that week in week out then that can only benefit everybody at the club the, the players get the support from the crowd the club itself gets the revenue and it, it just goes forward in a positive direction
4: Absolutely right I mean, there's obviously more appetite from the fans at the moment and they'll respond to positive influence. Regrettably, over the last few years, Mansfield has chosen the days when they've got the biggest crowds to play the worst football. Um, and I think that's something, if we can knock that in the head, it's it's going to help us to build and maintain a decent crowd increase. I'm confident we'll have a better season because of the changes to the club's structure and the playing staff but they also perform better when they're playing to a more appreciative audience. So, you know, we've all been at Mansfield when all you've heard is moans and groans from people, Heard none of that yesterday. Um, And I think if we can keep decent performances, and that won't mean winning every game, we can keep decent performances and momentum, and and for people to see this relatively young team develop, I think the attendances will continue to grow throughout the season. And it was interesting to hear from Martin's analysis that... yesterday's home attendance was the biggest attendance for a home for a first fixture in the season from the season when we we're in the old uh, league uh, the old second division which is today's championship um, so it's a long time coming to get to this situation again I- i'm quite pleased about that
2: yeah let's just... like i say it was it,
4: it was good to have an away following as well because they do bring atmosphere to the, to the game when that happens
2: yeah, there's always a nice bit of banter. Let's just hope that we don't need another global pandemic to be hitting records of uh, crowds yeah, no. coming in, Nath, because that, that will have contributed to it some way by, you know, by virtue of the fact that nobody's been able to go. Everyone wants to try something new. But what also sort of encourages me is the fact that yesterday, Nath, for uh, a, a majority of fans, it might well have been their first ever game.
3: Yeah, and I think uh, an element of it was, was the fact that it was the first... Um first game back after such a long time so automatically that's going to you know um... Shite! I'm I'm having a a (laughs) blinder here Um... (laughs) you forgot to plug your laptop (laughs) in as well didn't you (laughs) what you forgot to plug your laptop in as well didn't you yeah so I think I'm not sure that's why I cut off a minute ago because it was was lagging Actually went flat, but um, yeah. So an element of that is people returning. Uh, obviously, you've got the Premier League hasn't started yet, so all your armchair fans hopefully thought will nip out and and watch a, watch a match live. So hopefully they'll they'll carry on and not re, not resubscribe to their Sky. Uh, that'll be nice if they can keep coming. Um, but yeah, obviously. The more, like, 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 um, Clive said, the more we can perform in front of those crowds and create a positive atmosphere, also from the stands. And the more likely they are going to be to return. So that's that's superb. And we spoke about the probably one negative of the of having a a good crowd, which is the effect it can have on nerves with players. But there's also a flip side. And you know, did that help with getting that last minute penalty? Would we have got that if there were no crowd? In the stadium, shouting for it, you know. I'm not saying it was a massive influence, like like Joe Barton thinks we we were playing for all that sort of stuff. That's a load of, load of rubbish. But um, you know, it, it does make you wonder what sort of uh, an impact that can have, and that that should be that's what home advantage is. So, and uh, you know, did that did that have an effect?
2: I think it did, Clive, because you could cer- certainly see after the red card. Nigel Clough was sort of, you know, getting his players rallied. There seemed an urgency to go forward. The crowd, every time they went forward, were expecting. And we thought, didn't we, moments before Johnson uh, took away the penalty, that he was going to win it from open play. The knockdown in front of him, ball falls at his feet and he puts it wide of target. We're all stood around, head in hands and thinking that was the game there. Uh, but you've got to give credit for 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 them harnessing um, that that crowd noise. And that's one thing which Nigel Clough said as well, isn't it, in, in his full interview, that he's going to tell the players to continue to harness and, and take that in and use it.
4: Yes. And I think what was encouraging as well, having got a situation where we had one player more than they did, is we did move forward visibly on a, took a much higher position. And we've got players who don't seem to be frightened to shoot. All right, they were some of the shots were off target. But I'll buy that any day, because last season, certainly in the first half of the last season, the players seemed to want to walk the ball into the goal. And uh, uh, I'm really pleased to see players having the confidence uh, and, uh, and the ability to strike a ball. And, you know, if you shoot, if you shoot enough times, you're going to score goals. And there was a couple went into the side net. There was one obvious scuffy miss, which was a bit embarrassing for the lad. But if he got there to have a go, and that's important.
2: It certainly is important. Let's go back to a couple more of your comments. Um, Paul says, Ritz Oates played well, although uh, thought he looked sharp, but still need a decent centre-half. Completely agree with that. Uh, Richard says, Craig, you should feel galvanised by the f- the fact that three points were won and the team weren't at their best. Agree with that. Um, Joe says, like with England this summer, our squad depth looks very strong. Hopefully we go on one better than they did and get the job done. Um, Paul says, uh, fancy stakes to beat Preston. On Tuesday night, um, yes, fingers crossed that we can make some progression in the cup competitions. Let's talk Danny Johnson, Nath, because for years we've we've wanted. Um a striker, someone that can act on instinct and, and always know that's going to be there to pop up and, and score you a goal in the game. It didn't look like things were going to go his way at one point, like we were talking about seconds ago with, with that miss, the the open goal almost the, the golden opportunity. But credit to him. 90 plus minutes, one all at home, in front of a, a record home crowd, playing in front of supporters for the first time in 18 odd months. That took guts to step up and take that penalty.
3: Yeah, he did. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. When uh, when I when I realised he was gonna take the penalty, I was a little bit concerned. Because I remember I remember when he signed, and the one thing that a lot of Latin Orient fans were saying is that you know, good player, but don't let him take penalties. And because last season he scored 17 for Orient, but he missed four penalties. So I had all these things going around in my head. I thought, here, here we go. Not please, not now. Not in the last minute of the you know last kick of the game, basically. But uh, no, you know he, he, and he said, you know that he, he he stepped up. He wanted to be to to, to have confidence in himself, uh, and he and he slid away very very nicely. But I think the important thing for me was although he hadn't had the, well I I wouldn't say he didn't have the best game because that that'd be uh, you know not really justice to his performance because he did have a good game. But you know he, his shooting didn't quite quite come off for him today. But he did get himself in the right positions, and that was my criticism of. Uh, of um Jamie Reid last season I thought as much as he worked hard when those those balls went into the box and he needed that person to be there he was he, he, he was elsewhere because he was trying to do something else you know a different job further back whereas Danny Johnson was there uh, and although his you know his efforts didn't actually go in today you know I like think if he carries on getting positions some are and that's what you need
2: yeah it certainly is what you need it's definitely one which we uh uh, need to keep our eye on, and hopefully you know the goals keep coming for him. We're going to hear from him in a second. And uh, what did you make of his performance, Clive? Because I'd seen him bury a penalty at Hull. I'm always a little bit conscious of left-footed penalty takers for some reason. I don't know what it is, um, but I-, I don't know. I, there's just something about a left-footer taking a penalty which just makes me uh, nervous. But in the last minute of a game, for him to step up, he said in his post-match interview after that, you know, his parents were watching, his his missus were watching, that sort of thing as well. Uh, it's a lot of pressure on your shoulders had he missed it uh, it could have been a very difficult start to the season for him but the fact he's buried it gives him that little bit of an extra boost and you know puts a a tick against his name in 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 the minds of the supporters
4: definitely got the bottle to do it hasn't he? we uh, we need people who believe they're going to score when they're taking penalties not hope they're going to score and any good striker should always believe he'll score from 12 yards um, they don't always work out that way because there's a goalkeeper in there somewhere. But uh, no, I, when I saw him, I saw him approach. I'm thinking, this is a terrible position to find yourself in. But you know, I'd love to have been doing it myself.
2: Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd love to have that opportunity as well to try and uh, sink a penalty at the end. Um keep your comments coming in as well we'll be here for about another five minutes or so uh, Roy says did you see the Radfords get a good welcome outside the sandy Pate ball? they certainly got a good welcome inside the ground Nathan. I didn't see anything uh, in the sand, in around the sandy Pate ball, but I wasn't really there I was catching up with a few old friends from my old work that sort of thing but nice to see them come home and, and, a, and a nice thing for them yesterday as well they you know they'll be very very pleased with the fact that we were able to
3: get three points on the board yeah, we were we were going to go up to Sandy Bay, but we went to a couple of other different different ones first before it's going to be ran there. So we did we I missed that as well. But I have seen a few people say they got a great reception outside uh, Sandy Bay, and, and and rightly so. That's what you, you you expect and would would hope so from, from our fans. So uh, and then they certainly did at the start of the game in in the ground as well. So uh, you know it's great to have them back at back at the club uh, and first to. You know, to to get the three points for them as well. So um, yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's what you want to see. Uh, you know, every, everybody in the ground. You know, David Sharp, everyone's there pulling together, um, and uh, you know, and, and we've rewarded that with three points.
2: Let's go back to the man who sealed those three points. Then in Danny Johnson, let's hear his post-match <coughs> thoughts. As the Stags beat Bristol Rovers by two goals to one,
5: brilliant to have the fans back. And I think if you'd have told them that we'd go and win the first game of the season with one of the last kicks of the game, that's that's what football's about, isn't it? Those last little, those last minute winners, and um, obviously it's brilliant to get them, get the fans back. I think we were strong throughout. Um, I think we got a lot more to give, but uh, I don't think they really troubled troubled us really. Um, they had one, won the strike, which nine times out of ten this season isn't going to happen again but uh, we need to stop that but like I say we bounced back from there the fans got behind us and we went on to get the win we haven't had fans there for a bit so when you come out you get the goosebumps and um, you say it shouldn't affect you but it probably it, it does as a player but Once we settled down on the first 10 minutes and then we got that goal steadied at half-time and then kicked on the second half. We wanted to get that win first game of the season and I think uh, having an extra man for the last 10-15 minutes helped. And uh, When that happens, we need to make sure that we get the three points and not come away with a point because end of the season, that's what the difference is going to be. I don't think I had too many chances uh, today and um, obviously when that drops, I am start thinking. I expect to do, but I want to score the goals. I want to, I want to be the one with the broad shoulders that stands up when those chances come, and it came, and I, uh, I didn't uh, capitalise on that, um, which I was kicking myself for, but um, got the goal in the end. <laughs> I stood up against Hull, and I said that I want penalties. Um, Obviously when that whistle blew, a few nerves started creeping in when you know the score and this is the last minute, this is the one that you can get the three points and um, obviously took myself away for a bit when they were trying to delay it and just focus on just me and I know where I was going to put it during the week. So I've been practicing during the week and uh, I put it exactly where I wanted to. That's what I want to play play football for and that's what I want to stand up for and uh, be brave and take those penalties.
2: That's Danny Johnson speaking to I Follow Stags after that 2-1 win yes. against Bristol Rovers yesterday. You're watching, or watching a frozen screen, but listening to uh, the Sunday Sermon. Uh, this is a brand new podcast uh, for the fans, by the fans, which will be on every single Sunday at 6pm. Because, Nathan Edge, you were crying yesterday at 5pm, weren't you? <laughs>
3: Oh, I want to say, I want to say, crying, but you know, it just felt like something uh, a, li- a little piece was was missing, you know, out of the, the 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 sort of Mansfield Matters jigsaw. So you know, and and I, and I got stopped on the way, I don't know if they're watching tonight. I was stopped on the way to the ground yesterday, um, yeah, yesterday, uh, by a a watcher or or listener of the other podcast who were saying they enjoyed the the Colton Palmer stories and uh, and they enjoy watching the podcast. I mean, we did tell that I was, the, I was the, the best out of the three, but. Um yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have to give him his tenor later on like, but uh, no so you know I thought you know, the, the fans need this or so more so I need this but yeah <laughs> I mean I don't want to pin blame on anybody
2: tech wise but we've done two shows with Clive and both times <laughs> tech wise yeah. it's been a bit of a nightmare so you think I,
3: this, is, he's, he's a new Simon he <laughs> is you're not going
4: to get superstitious about this are you? I can't play that I get
2: sued for copyright <laughs> good again <laughs> again yeah, again, yeah. Uh, but, can, uh,
4: I, can, can I ask you a question, fellas? While I think about it, we we, we are um, one light in centre midfield, a centre uh, fullback. We're, we're talking about um, Cloughy saying he would like to assign another one, and of course his preferred signature evaporated when he switched allegiance to another club. Um, if we lose anybody in the season, do you think there's a chance he might bring role in many years back?
2: I don't know. I, I think the problem is I don't think you can re- record until. January anyway. I'm not I'm not sure quite
3: how it works. I think... It depends w- w- doesn't yeah. it on the, on, the, on, the, on the recall clause that's in
2: there. Yeah, I mean as I, un- as I understand it and I probably am wrong usually I usually am wrong nine times out of ten. But when you've got a recall um, clause in um, unless it's a goalkeeper you can only recall that player within that transfer window period. So like for example we got a- an injury crisis and Clough thought about bringing Mene essay back or even O'Keefe who's obviously now gone out at, at Rochdale um I don't think he'd be able to do either until January I probably am wrong but that's that's my understanding We're have of it to get was, out
3: the uh, EFL rule book, aren't we I'm I, just I'm thinking, not sure I, I'm, I I thought it depended on the terms agreed yeah um so I think O'Keefe was till January anyway so yeah. he, as, as far as concerned, unless they extend it that he's going to return in January regardless um, Mayonnaise was a season long loan wasn't he so yeah. um, but I, I, unless I don't know I, 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 my understanding was it always depends on what was on the contract which we never get to find out really but, um, but yeah I, I think going back to the point I think if uh, or going back to the question if we were an injury crisis I think he'd be reluctant to do it but obviously it depends how serious the situation is well, I'd, I'd like to think this time we're not going to fall short like we did in the January transfer and I'd like to think we're going to get the adequate cover in uh, before we even get close to that sort of situation
2: I would be very surprised yeah. if we didn't bring a centre-half in before in the next what is it now three weeks
3: yeah Still, there's still time isn't there there's still there's a lot still of time, time yeah.
4: I mean at the moment though, we're, pl- we're playing a, a defensive midfielder in the, in, in uh, James Perch in the centre-back position and he's doing a tremendous
3: job but- I think he's better there anyway Oh, well, man, an right. <laughs>
4: but, I mean, when he came, it, nobody expected him to be there every week because of his age. Mm. Um, I think he's performed splendidly, and I, he's, he'd be one of the first names on the sheet for me. But to, behind him, you've only got uh, uh, George Cooper, I guess, uh, as a cover for any of the middle central uh, defenders if there's a problem. And you've got, to, you've got to expect an injury, you've got to expect a suspension sometime during the season.
2: Yeah, I agree. And again, you know, you, you talk about Perch's age. I mean, I, I disagree that we should be looking at him as a centre, as a, a CDM now, because I think ever since Richard Cooper came in, he, you know, he converted to centre-half. And as I don't think he's actually played a, a game in midfield there since um, that point. He's played at right-back and left-back a couple of times. But predominantly, Perch himself sees himself as a defender. I remember an interview with him um, last season where we were talking about his, his favoured position. He said, I, I want to play centre-back. Um, so I think yeah. that's definitely where he he is and that's where Clough and Perch sees that position. But I completely agree. I think we definitely like, um, you mentioned George Cooper there, one of the young youngsters. He impressed me in pre-season, but would I throw him into uh, a Football League scenario? Absolutely not. Um, because... I, I just don't think it'd be right, the right thing to do for him. Obviously, we've got Elliot Hewitt there and James Clark who can play in there as well. We can jiggle it about, about a little bit, but we are definitely one light. And we're one light in terms of another perch in some respects of, I don't want us to bring a young defender in from you know a championship club or a Premier League club to come and get game time because essentially they won't get game time and, and they'll, all they'll do is just push the standard in training. I want somebody to come in almost of the, the Tom Naylor elk who who was, of course, Clough's prime target, the only target we missed out on in in the early transfer window and uh, and getting somebody who is of that experience and can come in, might play 10 games here, might miss three or four there, but can come in and really, really make Rawson, make Perch, work, make Hewitt work hard, work harder and, every single day in training for that space because you want a commanding leader and without that I do think we are going to struggle there were one or two times yesterday where we got into a little bit of a tears. we got away with it Nathan Bishop didn't really have too much um, to do other than pick the ball out of the back of the net from what was a superb strike to be fair but 100% we need that commanding figure and if we have to go and pay money for it for a commanding figure and bring one in from elsewhere then so be it because for me I don't know about your views on this, Nace, but for me, that might be the difference between us trying to win promotion and pushing for that top seven to fall in short in the long run. And I'd rather us be ultra prepared and have every security and safety net going than winging it. Because winging it, as we've proven tonight on this podcast and this broadcast, <laughs> doesn't <even>
3: work. <laughs> no, um,. I mean there are there are two other players that we have forgotten that could be cover. Ollie Hawkins, Jordan Barry, you know. Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> we know we know you can stick to back in there, but obviously you don't want to be relying on two forward players to do that. But um but no, I, I agree. We we did say this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, that um you kind of felt like the the one missing piece of the jigsaw was gonna be you know, is a is a centre back, but not just any centre back. It kinda of does need to be a a real sort of statement centre back, uh, to, to come in there and, and really challenge for a place with with ross and 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 and, Perch and and uh hewitt who we just say is sort of your main three aren't they so um we still need that uh obviously we've now cre- freed up some some funds with with o'keefe going out and many essays so i'd like to think we're going to put that to use um whether there's actually funds there available to to you know to pay a, a transfer fee obviously we we, we don't know but um, I'd like to think that we're, we're going to learn a little bit from what we did in January. And I know January is a different transfer window altogether, but we know we left ourselves very short up top, didn't we? And we were looking at the bench, and we were we were we were struggling there. So there's still time with this transfer window. I just don't I don't think we're going to make the same mistake again. It's not as not as desperate as it was in January, but uh, we, you know, it's not the end of the world if we do if we don't sign anybody. But I just think one more in that position would would be the final piece of the jigsaw for for us to 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 be comfortable and really just focus on keeping players fit and getting us working together and going on with the season seeing seeing where we can go. Well, that's almost uh, all we've got
2: time for in terms of our little uh, Sunday sermon, our first Sunday sermon. But because Nathan Edge, um, you know, you wanted this to sort of replicate and you know be like the uh, uh, the cool down post match reaction show. Um, which we did um, when we were in lockdown and having to watch from the sofa. What was the one thing we always did at the end of that show? Uh, apart from the man of the match, uh, including we Well, the... yeah, I forgot
3: about the man of the match. Yeah, so we'll do that. <laughs> um, I can just forget about my my brilliant tweet. <laughs> the, I, I know. I yeah, we obviously did the we did did the around the around the ground scores, didn't we? So that was that was always there. We did. Um, guess what we're going to do now?
2: Hmm, I wonder. So yesterday in Sky Bet League 2, as the season kicked off, goalless between Carlisle United and Colchester United. Same scoreline between Exeter and Bradford. Forest Green got off to a winning start beating Sutton United, the new boys in League 2 by two goals to one. A thrilling game between Harrogate and Rochdale. Harrogate 3, Rochdale 2. Another one of those promoted teams against one of the relegated teams in that one. Uh, No, Harrogate was promoted the season before. What am I about? I'm forgetting what I'm doing now. Hartlepool, who were the promoted team, the other promoted team, uh, winning on their return to League 2, beating Crawley by a goal-to-nil. Northampton beat Port Vale by a goal-nil. to nil. Former Staggs goalkeeper Aidan Stone off the bench in that one after the starting keeper was sent off. For the second game in a row as well for Port Vale. Daryl Clark, nightmare start for him there. I'm sure Dave won't be happy to. Uh, next Saturday's opponents, Newport, they will be they were winners 1-0 away at Oldham. Courtesy of one of the oldest players, the oldest players in the Football League, Mr. Kevin Ellison. Cam Salford drew 1-0 with Leighton Orient, while Scunthorpe were beaten 3-1 at home to Swindon Town. Stevenage 1-0 winners over Barrow and Tranmere 1-0 winners over Warsaw. In terms of the Sky Bet League Two table, it's Swindon who lead the way at the top on three points. Harrogate second on three points. Forest Green third on three points. The Stags in fourth, top of the playoffs, as the mo- at the moment also on three points propping up the rest, skunk up United and Warsaw, But there are 45 more league games to go before we can get anywhere excited about where we are in the table. Time now for Nathan's favourite part of the show. He's going to be writing a tweet to somebody in a minute, but who is it going to be? Usually we'd ask you to get involved, but I know the video's about 20 minutes behind where we are at the minute, so we won't for this week, but we will in the future. So it's down to me, Nathan and Clive, to decide who will be the first... Mansfield Matters Man of the Match of the new season. So, Mr Nathan Edge, as it's your coveted tweet, uh, who is going to get the nod for you? Who is on
3: your your short list for Mansfield Matters Man of the Match this week? Uh, Well, they all all did pretty well, but there was two this, this two contenders for me, uh, one is is Ollie Hawkins. Obviously got his goal, uh, it was a, was a, was a real threat in the air. But I mean, what impressed me about him with his sort of uh, aerial battles is that when he when he won them, they were they were going into good places. They weren't, you know, he was really sort of uh, taking care of where they was going to go. And although we didn't you know, latch onto them every time, I I just think the more and more that happens throughout the season, him and Johnson, and him and whoever, uh, you know, they're going to build that a partnership and that's going to get even better a bit like matt reed matt green sort of uh era so uh he 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 was great for me, but my man of the match vote is gonna to go to none other than uh, than the mr stephen quinn i thought again um you know it, although he wasn't great as as good as we have been in the midfield area i thought certainly first half he uh he was the one that we we're, were making a lot of things tick so um you know again as always uh he was Mr. Reliable in that midfield, so Stephen Quinn for me.
2: Stephen Quinn gets Nathan Edges' vote, Clive. But what about you? Who are your contenders, and ultimately, who your who's your vote going to go to? I've got three:
4: um, Molly Clark, Stephen Quinn, Callum Gordon, and my vote goes to Callum Gordon.
2: Talk us through your reasonings for that. Then I thought he played. Uh, I thought he played okay, but as a uh, obviously, it's your decision. So let us know why you've uh, you've you've opted for Kel Gordon on that one.
4: I thought he did you know, as much as anybody to stretch their uh, their team um, and give us a little bit of space in the middle of the park. Some of his uh, uh, crosses were were superb, some of them not so. But he was doing it, um, and I think he was well supported um, by the midfield anyway, and it gave him a bit of breathing space. But uh, I thought for work rate as much as anything.
2: Yeah, especially in, in terms of the second goal as well. It certainly came from his side. Um, I've got a, a couple on my list. Um, I think definitely... Um, the the two strikers Hawkins more than Johnson for me. Um, I felt Johnson had the bottle to step up and take the penalty, of course, and and uh, and score. But he missed a couple of chances and snatched at a couple. Hawkins was tremendous in the air and good to feet as well. Really gave us that dynamic um, there. Um, but my man of the match vote um, is going to be agreeing with Nathan's I was actually surprised when he said Stephen Quinn I thought he was going to go for the goal scorer the winning goal scorer Danny Johnson but um, one thing which you know we might have lacked the fluidity in midfield yesterday but one thing we didn't lack was bite and fire to get stuck in and Stephen Quinn just didn't give an SH1T did he at all he just was flying in left right and centre I used to love watching the battles between Jamie Maguire and uh, Kevin Ellison um, you know in, in years gone by There'll be a new battle on uh, uh, on Saturday, Stephen Quinn against Kevin Ellis. And I'm looking forward to potentially seeing that one. I thought he was tremendous. He drives that midfield absolutely, drives that midfield, and for me, uh, gets my man of the match vote. So, uh, uh, Nathan, um, it's you know it's over to you to do the coveted Mansfield Matters uh, man of the match tweet for Mr. Stephen Quinn this week.
3: Yeah, it'll be my my pleasure, Stephen Quinn, and with a special mention for for Kel Gordon as well yeah
2: absolutely Get that. we love a special mention next up Preston in the Cup on Tuesday a few brief words on that one Clive different competition no doubt Nigel Clough will make a couple of changes to that one as well we'll probably see George Shelby the other goalkeeper we might probably see um, Elliot Hewitt if fit as well potentially uh, George Lapsley and maybe even some minutes for, for Jordan Barry and Tyree Sinclair Difficult game against Preston although they were, they were beaten 4-1 by Hull uh, at the weekend um, but championship opposition again the crowd will be a little bit reduced to what it was on uh, on Saturday but an opportunity to go and uh, continue building performances
4: Yeah, it's just what we need now we've had the pressure cooker of the first game I think this will give the team just a little bit more time to relax into their natural game and yeah, you're right I think Clough will use the opportunity to try three or four
2: players that weren't able to turn out on Saturday Nathan what are you are you uh,
3: what are you expecting from Tuesday night um I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see maybe a few different faces I uh, guess some minutes in the legs um, you know the Cowboy cup although it's great in some ways like we had West Brom a, a few seasons ago and you sometimes get get decent ties but there, there's not there's no there's no prize money at this stage so you haven't got that sort of carrot dangling Um... So, and then again, we're against Premier, Premier we're against Championship op- opposition, so not, not expecting us to go, go out and win, but I just hope to see you know, like say Tyree Sinclairs and Jordan Barras, a few of those players get some minutes um, and set us up nicely for for, for Newport. I think that's that's gotta be the focus. So I actually I actually prefer the EFL trophy than I do to the to the Carabao Cup and that's saying something. So um, for me it's all about the minutes. Well absolutely that's
2: A a competition we should be winning and B, the prize money's brilliant on it. Um, finally this is the Sunday sermon and with every Sunday sermon um there always has to be a lesson to be learnt. Um, obviously, we know tech-wise that it's to pay for things rather than try and do things on the cheap, which my wallet's already crying about. But we will do for for next week. But in terms of football uh, and in terms need of a the sponsor. game, we do need a sponsor. So five years in, I mean, it's almost ridiculous that I turned that smooth my balls thing down, isn't it? Can you remember that a couple of years
3: <laughs> ago? We should have done it. I do that. remember. I forgot about that. <laughs> if you watch it, it was like the the terrible. <laughs> Is that
2: bad Nathan's broke up? Is is that bad? You <laughs> can't for, say for, it.
3: No, he's not even going to come back it now. Was a, it was a, a step down yeah. from. I'm gone. I'm am I'm am I No, you back. You back. You back. You're I was back. saying it was a step. It was. It was funny because it was a step. It was like a step down from Manscaped that like all the other podcasts seem to get <laughs> these days, isn't it? So. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Every podcast is sponsored by them, and then we get Smooth My Balls. So I just couldn't imagine Nathan saying it, so we just didn't do it. But if you're watching, you want to give us some money. At this point, I'm that desperate to make things work, then you know, i I'll I'll, I'll take it. Also, if you are a company that you want to sponsor us and chuck us some money. Get in touch, because I promise you, as soon as you do, it won't be freezing faces. It'll be top-notch, top-quality, and great banter. Absolutely. Uh, But what I was getting around to say, though, to end this show, every Sunday sermon must end on a lesson. Um, So um, what I want from each of you is something you can take away from Saturday's game, from the game just gone. What lesson have we been taught, have can we learn that sort of thing what do you take away so I can say the ultimate words heareth endeth the first lesson uh, and then I'm going to come to you because this was your idea and I'm going to blame you for the next week until we get a podcast which works <laughs>
3: uh, lesson to be learned. Uh it's easier said than done but, but take your chances because uh, you never know what sort of world is going to be pulled out of the bag as we saw with Bristol Rovers and that gone back into the game at the point. At, the, at that point it Got their tails up as well, so they, you know, you. I know day they could have gone and got a, you know, got got a winner. You know, in previous years that would have happened. So, uh, I think it's a, uh, you know, we we create chances, but we've really got to stick some away. Because if, like Clough said, two nil, we probably would have been comfortable, but at one nil, anything can happen, and that's what did happen.
2: Clive, what do you say What what's your lesson? It's very similar to his, I'm afraid. Let's not be frightening going forward. I think it's as simple as that. Thank you very much for watching, for listening. The views of Clive Parkin and Nathan Edge joining us on the first Sunday sermon. Where it has to be said that football is our religion, the one stadium is our church, and boy, did we flock back there yesterday. Nigel Clough is the god that we believe in, and Mansfield Town is the cause and the flying star which we shall follow on our journey. The lesson, lesson one, take your chances because you never know when a screamer might come about. But what lesson will Mansfield Town learn next? Join us on Thursday at 7pm-ish. Well, we might even have comeback. you never know, but Clive also has to turn up because we won the first league game and Nathan says it's superstition. Yeah. Um... So we'll be here with that We'll have reactions to the Preston game We'll have a bit more reaction from yesterday's game And we'll look ahead to Saturday's game against Newport And then join us next Sunday at 6pm-ish With brand new streaming software Which we'll have on Thursday Because I'm going to buy it in a minute Where we'll have another lesson on the journey This is the Sunday Sermon I've been your priest Flock to the One Call cool Stadium on Tuesday on Saturday Take your chances because you never know when a screamer might come. Keep your composure, because you never know when a penalty might be awarded in the 91st minute. Heareth endeth the first lesson. expressed in this broadcast are solely those of the individual. For more ntfcmatters.co.uk Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com